0: We're going to look at some verses of scripture in, in in excuse me in Philippians chapter four, Philippians chapter four, and you can watch it on the screen or you can have your Bible today or you can get your Bible app, and you can follow along uh, with us today. But I just want to share these verses of scripture with you this morning, in Philippians chapter four. Okay, this is some of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. I love all of God's word, but these verses really. Uh, resonate in my soul and in my spirit. Found here in Philippians, beginning with the fourth verse where Paul writes this. He says, always be full of joy in the Lord. He said, I, I say it again, rejoice and let everyone see that you're considered in all you do. And remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable, and think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, and everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. I want to talk to you to talk to you today about uh, God's plan for peace. God has a plan for peace, and. We're, we're struggling many times because we don't have a lot of peace. Uh, we don't have a lot of, of, of just tranquility in our life. Because many times it's because we're so busy. We're rushing here. We're running there. We've got all kinds of things. And I was thinking last night about the things that really destroy our peace. You know, many times we're, our, our past can can mess with our peace because we're dealing with something that happened in our past, something that someone did to us or something that something that happened to us or something that we we did. And so many times our past is is interfering and it is affecting our peace. Many times just the 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 idea of loss, the possibility of loss. And we're thinking about constantly, this idea is in the back of our mind, well, what, what if I would lose my home? What if this would happen? What if, what if my spouse would, would pass or, or my spouse would leave me? What would I do? And we're, we're, we're struggling with this idea of loss. Many times we don't have peace because we're struggling with change. Because we, as human beings, we don't like things to change. We want everything to be constant. We want, we want things to be uh, right, right on, a, on a certain level all the time. And we want everything to be predictable. Be, but because life is so uncertain and change is always happening around about us, we're struggling with peace of mind because we're affected by the change that happens all, all the time around us. Many times, we're, our, 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 our peace is the result of fear that, that, that comes into our life. We have got more medicine than we've ever had before, okay? In, in the 1960s and 70s, when I was a kid, I can remember some of my relatives, and they were on what they called nerve medicine, okay? Okay? Maybe you can remember your, your relatives being on nerve medicine, is Valium, okay, and uh, just trying to take the edge off. Now, listen, I'm not downplaying the need for uh, drugs as prescribed by your doctor, okay? I'm, I'm not downplaying that, but I know that in the society that we live in, we have got more medicine than ever before. Will you agree with that? We've got more education than we've ever had before, Okay. We've got better needs and methods than we've ever had before. We've got more counseling than we've ever had before. Who will agree with me about all those points, okay? Yet, in the world that we live in, we have got more hopeless people, okay? And in fact, among millennials, suicide rate is skyrocketing. You know why? Because of this hopelessness the looming hopelessness that is all around us. And I think it's a result of we getting further and further from God, okay? We're getting further and further from the notion that God even exists. And because of that, it's like, okay, we're, we're just a biological accident and uh, life is just kind of uh, unfolded. There was this big, gigantic explosion, and and then that was it, and all this stuff just happened like we see it today, an explosion, and now we're, you know, we've got all these modern conveniences, okay? But the result of that is this, there's hopelessness, okay? Because if all there was is just an explosion, and all we are is biological accidents, there's really no hope, okay? because we're all destined to just turn into dust one of these days. There's hopelessness all around us today. But I want to tell you today that in spite of what people say, what men say, or what even the educated, the intellectual community would say, or academia would say, that God is still upon the throne. All right? And when I look at the world, nature itself proves that there is a God. Okay? Okay? Because when I see the stars in the sky and I see the 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 planets hung on nothing, I know that this cannot be an accident. The perfect synchronization of everything, the fact that every one of us have DNA that's different. It points to the fact that there was a design, uh, there was a creator, a designer God, if you will. And that He is not just the, the cosmic God of the universe who's out there and doesn't really care about us, but God cares about every detail of our life, okay? And that we hold on to this truth that God is there, and God has a plan for my life, and God has a plan for your life, and God knows exactly who you are, and God knows your name today, all right? I'm terrible with names, okay? (laughs) God's not like me. He knows your name He knows who you are today, and you matter to God, and God has got a plan for peace in your life. And my prayer is that every single one of us would know the will of God, would find Jesus Christ our Savior, yes, know and do the will of God, and that that God would give us the peace that we've been searching for. I pray that for each and every one of you. The very first thing I wanna talk to you about today is this, my attitude will impact my peace, my attitude. Your attitude is the difference between a good day and a bad day. Your attitude, believe it or not, your attitude is the difference between a great marriage and a bad marriage, okay? Your attitude is the difference between a, a rewarding and a fulfilling career and just a lousy, stinking job, okay? It's your attitude. Because your attitude will impact your peace, how I look at everything, okay? Your attitude is the difference, get this, and this is one of my favorite points, okay? Your attitude is the difference between a great church and a lousy church. Can I get a witness today, all right? I was talking to a couple guys once, and they said, man, so-and-so church They're preaching out of the wrong translation. They're doing this, and and they're not King James, and they're not singing hymns, and they've got it all wrong. You know where those two guys are today? Totally backslidden, totally away from God, totally indifferent to the things of God. Okay? Why? Because their attitude was all wrong because their heart and their mind was all wrong. Their heart and their attitude was always trying to find fault and always ridiculing constantly, but your attitude will impact your And there's nothing more that God wants to do, and I'll throw this in, okay? There's nothing more that God wants to do, or the devil wants to do, God doesn't want to do it, the devil wants to do it, is drag us away from the things of God and the house of God and the people of God and isolate us all by ourselves. And here's what happens when we're all by ourselves. The devil begins to whisper all kinds of crazy things in our ear. The devil begins to talk to us and tell us things that are not true. But we need the fellowship of other believers. We need the time of corporate worship of coming together. Okay, now I'll I'll just tell you right now, okay, my messages on, on Sunday are not enough to sustain you but rather we've got to get into the Word of God and begin to read it and consume it on a daily basis. And daily we're talking to God and daily we're fellowshipping with God. But then we're going to come together at the appointed time. We're going to come together with other believers and we're going to worship together and we're going to learn together and we're going to have a great time going to heaven together. I'm looking down here today and I see a couple of my good friends Chris and Christina, okay? Chris and Christina came to me a couple weeks ago. You know what they said? Pastor Bob, we've got a great church. We've got a lot of friendly people here. But outside of the church, we don't really hang out together too much. So here's what we want to do. They said, we want to invite everyone in the whole church to come to our house for a barbecue. And they didn't say one time. Here's what they told me. We want them to come every single Sunday, Pastor Bob, because we really need the fellowship. And I said, Chris, I really appreciate that, but, you know, we don't want to overwhelm you. I think we could start with one one time, okay? <laughs> and we could see how it went, because we don't want to get into a fist fight or something like that. You know, just joking with you, okay? But yeah, we did, we need that fellowship of one another. We because iron sharpens iron. iron we come together, and and I noticed it in a couple weeks. you are gonna have a ladies' meeting. Ladies, you need to come and be part of that of that part of that meeting and come together and share with one another and encourage one another and pray with one another and laugh with one another and just enjoy, just enjoy the time together with one another because we need it, and it's all part of God's prescription for peace. When I'm, when I'm constantly finding fault, when I'm jealous, when I'm bitter, you know what, that's a sign of, I have no peace I have no joy. I have no commitment, contentment because I'm finding fault with everyone else. Two men went to the same church one Sunday. The first man walked in the church. He looked around in disgust. He saw a bunch of hypocritical, imperfect people, and he was offended that the pastor did not shake his hand, okay? My friend, today, if I didn't shake your hand, I really wanna shake your hand, okay? So come after church. I'd love to shake your hand. All right, I appreciate you. I love you for being here. But he was offended because the pastor did not take time to talk to him. And during the worship service, he was distracted by the teenagers all around him. He didn't like the style of music. He heard the piano strike a a wrong note. He heard a baby cry and thought, what an inconsiderate mother. He noticed a cobweb. He scoffed when the pastor mispronounced a word. And when the service... Ended, he thought, "What a lousy service! I don't know why I wasted my time." There was a, John. There was another fella that came to the exact service, and he walked around before the sh- service, and he found people, and he shook their hand, and he greeted them, and he gave them a smile, and he encouraged them and he talked to people. When the, when the worship leader began to sing, he stood and lifted his voice in praise. He worshiped God. He sung joyfully. He thanked God for the young singers and musicians and all those that had taken the time to come together and to lead the worship. He heard a baby cry, and he thanked God for a brand-new family In the church. And when the pastor delivered his message, he listened intently and took notes. He fully invested himself in every single part of the service. And when that service ended, he thanked God that he was able to go there. He thanked God that even an imperfect fellow like him was able to find a place where he could worship the Lord. Now, which of those two men can you suppose has the most peace? Which of those two men have the most joy? When I'm constantly finding fault, when I'm constantly competitive with other people, when I'm constantly ridiculing, it means this, that there's something wrong on the inside of me and I need to get myself in check because my attitude can be a priceless asset or it can be a damaging liability. Your attitude can be the difference of whether you get hired or whether you get fired, okay? Your attitude, I, I got to tell you today, your attitude will be the difference of whether, whether or not you get a promotion or a demotion. You say, well, Pastor Bob, there's a lot of politics where I work. Well, that's okay. Just go in there and put a big smile on your face and, and love people, okay? God teaches in his word, okay, that even our enemies, that we win our enemies over by our good works and by our good deeds and by that smile on our face, all right, And then they, they, even them, even that enemy, because of your joy and because of your generosity, they will see the love of God on the, on the inside of you. They'll see that there is a difference. They will see and recognize they don't have any peace, but there must be something right because you have got peace on the inside of you. Your attitude is the most priceless asset or the most damaging liability that you've got because your attitude will either create a friend or it'll make an enemy. Your attitude. Your attitude toward other people. Your attitude. It'll either lift people up or it'll tear other people down. Your attitude today. My attitude impacts my peace. My attitude is going to impact my destination. And when my peace is right, my life will be right. Did you get that? If if I've got peace... With God, my walk with God is going to be right, okay? When I've got peace, it makes my marriage a lot better, okay? When I've got peace, it makes my relationship with my children a lot better. When I've got peace, it makes my relationship in my vocation better and more productive. When I've got peace, every single relationship, okay, is better when I've got that. When I got that, who would you rather hang out with? Someone that's got peace? Alonzo, we'll hang out together later, okay? <laughs> Who'd you rather hang out with? Someone that's got peace and joy and contentment or someone that's bitter and angry and cynical? You're going you're gonna to get away from that angry, bitter, cynical person, and you're going to find someone that's got peace. So you see, your attitude is going to impact Every single area of your life. Number two, got to take control of your attitude. I've got to, let, let's, let's put it this way. I've got to work on my attitude, or guess what? My attitude's going to work on me. Can you get that? I work on it, I take control of it, or it can take, takes control of me. And when my attitude takes control of me, it takes control of every, every relationship. When my attitude is terrible, my marriage becomes terrible. Not because of my wife, because, because you know my wife. She's a great lady. She's, who in the world wouldn't think she's a lovely person? <laughs> so it's got to be me. It's got to be me, okay? My friendships, when my attitude is controlling me, Every friendship goes in the tank, okay, with my attitude, all right? got to take control of that attitude. By the help and grace of God, I'm taking control of my attitude. Here's some steps that we can take in God's plan for peace. we got to focus on positive things. we got to stop focusing on negative things. And we've got to work on our attitude before our attitude works on us. We had an elderly lady in our church, and actually, she, did, she came to Christ when she was 70-plus years old. She had never walked with the Lord before. In fact, her daughter told me, she said, my mom was a very abusive person. And then she came, her, her daughter and son-in-law started coming to church, and they started bringing her to church, and she found Christ as her personal Savior at 70-plus years of age. Came to Jesus Christ. And Jesus made a great difference in her life. And I, I can recall talking to her, and her name was Shirley. And uh, I would say, every time I talked to her, I'd say, Shirley, how are you doing? she said, say, well, Pastor Bob, I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good, Dick, pretty good, doing all right. She had a smile on her face. And her daughter told me, I don't know where this new mother came from. That's not the lady I was raised with. Jesus made the difference, okay? Jesus began to come into her heart. Jesus began to change things. Because I told you last week, Christ makes us a new creature, and new life comes from new things. We talked about that last week, okay? She saw those new things coming. Over the course of time, she was diagnosed with cancer, could not take care of herself, had to go into a nursing home. And I recall going to that nursing home and seeing her. She was over at Columbia Manor. And I, I recall going to see her at Columbia Manor. And I'd walk in there. No matter what the day was, no matter what's going on. I'd say, Shirley, how you doing today? She said, Pastor Bob, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Yep, I'm doing pretty good. hmm I don't care if she was sick. I don't care if she was up. I don't care if she was down. I'd say, Pastor, i go in her, how you doing today, Shirley? Pastor Bob, I'm doing pretty good. Yep. Yep, I'm doing pretty good. Uh-huh. Pretty good day. Yeah, pretty good day. Pretty good time. Did she feel like it? No. She felt like hell. Okay? but she knew what God had done for her. She knew the hope that was in Christ. She knew where she was, she knew where God brought her. And because of that, it changed everything. It began to change her outlook. We gotta take control of our attitude. I realize these bodies are weak, these bodies are frail. We get sick, I understand, we get discouraged. I get discouraged sometimes, okay? I've gotta give myself a little pep talk sometimes. I understand that, but I have got to get to the point that I am working on my attitude. Shirley had no control over her circumstances, but she had control over her attitude. we got to control our attitude or our attitude will control us. Here's some more steps in God's plan for peace. we got to focus on what is right. We've got to see the possibilities, not the problems. We've gotta see the opportunities, not the obstacles. You know, I think about things that people do nowadays and they make millions of dollars out of it, or they make billions of dollars, and I think, how in the world, how in the world can you buy millions of dollars worth of motor scooters and set them everywhere and you make money off that? First I'm thinking, how in the world do you even service the debt? i got an accounting background, okay? How in the world, how is this even physic- feasibly possible, okay? I don't know. How is it possible that we've got a coffee shop on every corner and they're still making money? How is it possible? How is it possible that every place they're built, there's a vacant piece, piece of land, they're building the club car wash, And they're still making money. I don't know, okay? But you see, the difference was somebody saw the possibility, not the problem, okay? And that's why many of us will will never get past where we're at right now, because all we see is the problem, okay? Some of us, now listen, okay? Paul said it'd be better better to never marry, okay? So marriage isn't for everyone, okay? But, but there's some of you guys, you're never going to get married because you set the bar so high, okay? Now, listen, ladies, if you're a lady, yes, set the bar high because guys are a bunch of jerks, okay? <laughs> but if you're a single guy, you need to lower the bar a little bit, okay? Ladies, I want that bar. Ladies, I want that bar up here, okay? In fact, I, I'll interview your dates for you if you want me to, okay? Focus on your dreams, not all, your di- or not, not all the difficulties. See the best in people, not the worst in people. Expect the best in people, not the worst in people. Okay? You know, going back to, to the possibilities versus the problem, when I'm at camp, I, I look at Brandon and Becca, it's like I don't know how they do it. I'm, I'd be so stressed out thinking about everything that could break down. Because everything has broke down over the years down there, you know? The well went out. The power went out, you know? And you got 400 people in the campground, there's no well, there's no power, and, and me and Jim, Heath took a garden hose. Once all the power went out, we lost all the water, we, we took a garden hose from toilet to toilet filling them up all day long. And it was terrible. But I'm always, you know, I'm always kind of people, I'm seeing the problem all the time and not the possibility. But, but your attitude changes as we begin to look and we begin to see things a little bit different. We got to move forward. We got we to stop moving backwards and we got to move forward. We got to praise other people rather than criticizing them all of the time, okay? You can take two people. Tell you what, I'm, get, I'm getting ready to wind this thing down, okay? You can take two people with the same exact skills and you can interview them for the job and you will find that the person with the positive attitude is going to get the job 99% of the time. That person that walks in there and they're cynical, that person that walks in there and they've got a chip on their shoulder, listen, you're getting, they're going to write a note on your, on your app, do not hire this person. There's a problem to start with. It's all about attitude because positive people get positive results. And positive people attract successful people. You see, my attitude is gonna determine my altitude. And so I have chosen, I am taking control of my attitude. Now we have constantly, I'm, like I said, I'm closing, I'm winding this thing down. We have constantly got this inner conversation going on. You guys have that? There's an inner conversation that's going, it's called self-talk. And studies show this, that about 80% of self-talk is negative, okay? We're we're bringing ourselves down all the time. We're telling ourselves that we can't do it all of the time. I want you to think about how our life could change if we could get rid of that negative self-talk and we could start lifting ourselves up. You start filling your mind with the things of God and the word of God and find out what God says about you and then tell yourself what God said about you, okay? You're the head, not the tail. You're above and not behind, okay? That he cares for you, that he loves, that he came to give you The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy, John 10 10. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life. I've come to give you abundant life. And as we begin to tell ourselves this, said, Listen, if God loved me so much that he gave his son to die upon the cross and then he raised him up on the third day for my salvation. Praise God. God's got a plan for my life. God's got a plan for peace in my life. God's got a plan. God has got a glorious future ahead for me. Let's get rid of the negative self-talk. Let's develop that positive attitude because that positive attitude will carry you through whatever situation you might face. Our attitude will come from what we put into our mind. And Spending a portion of every day filling our mind with the Word of God, okay? Now, I, as a pastor, I have certain goals, reading goals, but you got to remember, I'm the pastor, okay? And if your reading goal is 10 verses a day, that's fine. That's a good goal. You say, Pastor Bob, I don't know if I can handle 10 verses. Read five, okay? Read one. Just get that one into your spirit, Okay. And begin to let that fuel. And you say, well, Pastor Bob, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a more spiritual mind. Okay, read 10 chapters. I don't care. Get it into your spirit. Begin to fuel your mind. Because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. We've got to fuel our mind today with successful thoughts. We've got to program our mind with with what God says about us every single day. If you tell yourself every single day that you are destined for failure, if you tell yourself every single day that you are a victim, guess what? You will remain a failure, and I guarantee you will remain a victim for the rest of your life. Why? Because you've told yourself that, and you've reminded yourself of that, and you keep reminding yourself over and over again about how many times you've been disappointed in in the past. And that's a thorn in your flesh. And you're struggling with that. You've got to get rid of that. The prescription for proper, a proper attitude is found in Philippians chapter 4. And next week I'm going to share some more things with you about it, okay? I've got a lot of great things that I want to share with you today or next week or in the, in the coming weeks. Let's close this portion of prayer. I'll tell you what, would you stand with us today? Let's stand and close in prayer. We're going to close our online portion of this message, and then we're going to sing. Uh, maybe we're going to sing. Yeah, we're going to sing, okay? Yeah, we're going to praise God. We're going to have a time of prayer. If you need prayer, we want you to come. If you do not know Christ, your personal Savior, we're saved by grace. It's a free gift of God. We're not saved by works. We're not saved by church membership. We're not saved by the money that we give. But if you need and don't know Christ, your Savior, you want us to pray with you, we'll pray with you today. But uh, let's close with prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord. You said that your plan is that we always be full of joy. Your plan for us is that we always rejoice, and there are difficulties that we go through. Lord, some of us are going through struggles right now. Some of us are going through times of loss. Some of us are going through times of brokenness, even right now. But in the, in the midst of our loss, In the midst of our brokenness, Lord, you are more than enough to keep us and to hold us and to sustain us. That in your arms that we sense that everything is going to be all right. Because God, you are a Father in heaven, and your perspective is higher than ours. You see all things, Father. You know all things. Every resource in heaven and in earth is yours. God, you can make a way in the wilderness. Maybe we're going through a time of sadness, God. I pray that your joy will be our strength. Help us, I pray. Teach us your ways. Help us to grow in you, I pray. And Lord, by your spirit, God, let us take control of our attitude so that our attitude does not control us. And God, let us honor you in everything that we do. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Let's let's just spend some time talking to God. Once again, if you need prayer, please come.